good afternoon to everybody listening to this podcast. This is the Red Mountain Talk, sponsored by the UAB Journalism Students. I am Breeze, as you guys may know if you have listened to this podcast. And uh, my other podcast members will introduce themselves. My name is Olivia. Uh, I was on the first podcast, and I'm happy to be here again. My name is Dylan Baggiano. And I'm a writer for the Red Mountain Reporter. And I was on the last podcast, the Halloween episode, I believe. And I'm happy to be here uh, talking with everyone tonight. And I'm Diane. I'm the managing editor for the Red Mountain Reporter. And I am happy to be discussing tonight's topics. Yeah, and my name is John. I'm the uh, editor-in-chief at Red Mountain Reporter. And this is the first time I've been on the podcast. so, yeah. Okay, Breeze, what are we talking about today? Okay, uh, what are we talking about? Uh, the three topics I'm going to give a rundown is first, the presidential election, and then the Senate race. Since we are in Alabama, we were uh, in the Senate race. And lastly, is the confirmation for the Supreme Court justice. God. So I will start with the presidential election. I have very, one important question. Where were you guys when you found out that Joe Biden was nominated for the presidential elect? Uh, I was at work. So so I uh, like had my break like 30 minutes after. And I went I that has been the first thing I've been looking at like 50 times a day when I go on my phone, would go on my phone. I would just look, see, because I had to know. I just had to know. And then I saw that it was Biden and I was just like, finally. And then I started blasting Party in the USA by Miley Cyrus. So, <laughs> um, I was at Panera at lunch with my friend in Montgomery. So, um, and a friend reached out to me and let me know. So, um, it was definitely interesting because, like Diane, I was you know looking every so often just to see what um, the polls were saying. And, you know, after a certain point, when you see that many electoral votes, you start to think, well, it seems like it's been decided, you know. I was actually in my room when I found out <laughs> and came on and then it was like the president elect. And I was like, wow, look at this. So I'll let you go, John. No, no, no. I was in my room, too. Yeah, I was. um I was playing Total War Empire and I got a text from a buddy of mine and he was like, I think you should probably see this. And he took a screenshot of the uh, front page of the New York Times. And um, I, I called a buddy of mine and he's like, I asked him what the AP was was uh, was saying. And he was like, I, it's saying that uh, Biden is predict, predicted to be a president elect. They've called it. And um, I sat back and I just I just said it last. And that was sort of it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it was it was a uh, it was a moment. I just went out this afternoon to um, to the uh, the um, the BP down the way to get the Birmingham news with uh, the the headline that uh, Biden wins, and uh, it's a big moment. It's 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 a vindication, and um, it's even more of a vindication to know that he is. The um, he has he had he had uh, the most uh, votes of any president elect in U.S. history. More people came out and voted for him. More people wrote in uh, absentee ballots for him, mailed in ballots, dropped off ballots for him than any other president in United States history. And um, if if nothing else, um, it's. Uh, it's a good day in America for the first time, it feels like, in a couple of years. So I don't know, uh, Breeze, have you said anything? No, I was uh, I was going to go after John, but I, it's, it's fine. I was in my room, and uh, me and my friends are actually in a group message. And then one of my friends texted me, was like, Biden won. And I was like, really? Wait, like, I had literally just clicked off of the app to show me what the uh, electoral votes were. And it was still at 253 at that point. And then I had went back and it was 284. And I was like, that's in a matter of two minutes that he won. But I was like very, very happy. That was, yeah, it was crazy. It's a good day. 
Um, I have a question for just, you know, anyone. Have any of y'all, um, do y'all have any relatives or friends or acquaintances who have been questioning the polls at all? Like the counts? A, a, a good portion of my extended family, I imagine, is is questioning the polls. Since I don't... Yeah. I don't frequent Facebook. I'm, I'm, I'm fairly, I haven't seen it. Like my dad hasn't texted me, you know, like your grandmothers are saying that this election is rigged or your great uncle saying this, that, and the other. But I mean, that's happened. Yeah. I have, I have people that question them, but my, my thing is just, if the AP is calling it like this could really hurt, hurt their reputation if they miscall this, especially in an election like this. So I feel like they're pretty, they're pretty darn sure that it's going to go the way it is. I've had someone say to me that if Fox news calls it, then you know, it's true. (laughs) (laughs) You must understand it wasn't just, I mean, it's not just Fox news. It's not just the AP. It's everybody. Granted, maybe the times and, and the Washington post and, you know, CNN and MSNBC, all the other major networks and major newspapers, we're basing it off the AP um, prediction, but we—I mm-hmm. mean, we have to understand the AP has been um, has been counting votes, not physically counting, but being the the, the like the uh, the one uh, uh, news outlet that covers the uh, the elections um, at the polling locations since like the 1800s. If there is a a a, um, a how would you say if there if there is a uh, opinion, a, a um, how would you even say? They are they, they're the best opinion on who wins the elections. I'm so sorry. they're the opinion leader, is what you're saying. They're the opinion leader. Well, they, I mean, they called Donald Trump as as president in 2016. They called Obama as president in uh, 2008 and 2012. And the same right. thing uh, with George Bush in, in 2000 and 2004. They've been doing it again since the 1800s. I can, I, I, I am. You know my uh, my trust in the AP's prediction, uh, my trust in the AP's call. I shouldn't even say a prediction, but a call that Biden as president elect is marrow deep at this point. For Christ's sake, I mean, and um, you know, I I and and y'all just like all the other major networks saw that and were like, you know, it's a done deal. It's just it seems that Republicans throughout the red states and the Trump administration refused to. Uh, accept that reality you know yeah and um going off of that in terms of you know people saying that there have there have been you know allegations of fraud and stuff like that and i know that there's been suits that are in the works um i you know i do agree like if someone has evidence of something sure by all means file a suit if you have valid evidence of something report it you know, but my question is, are the electoral votes going to change? I don't think so. So that's why I'm saying I think based on everything we've seen so far, you know, I'm fairly certain that the current president elect will stay the president elect, you know. Yeah. So I'll give you guys some uh, some facts from the Joe Biden uh, campaign. And these are unbiased, very unbiased. Okay, he he has more votes than any candidate in history. Those are facts. He has 74 million votes opposed to Trump's 71 million. Um, He got far more than 50 percent of the popular vote. He flipped at least three states from 2016, which is Wisconsin, Pennsylvania and Georgia. And a net higher total margin in Wisconsin, Pennsylvania and Michigan than Trump did in 2016. That mm-hmm. So for it, like, I don't want to be like that person that's like, well, if you don't have the facts for voter fraud, then you can't really dispute something. But those are the facts. You can't really dispute something that's being said in real time. And right. also, like, uh, I will say MSNBC, CNN, and I think Fox News also... When they, whenever the Trump campaign said that, like there's been fraud, uh, 
there aren't kind of votes, right? They have cut away every time. They will cut them off and not let the speech continue. They always preface that and say, and, and they'll say, we do not support this if you do not have facts. You don't have facts for it to be voter fraud. And for you to say that there's like voter suppression places and you don't have facts, you just can't simply cannot say that. You, you are like misguiding everything. Like literally every time Trump and his cabinet had posted a tweet and have said that it is voter fraud, they will flag it. This is misinformation. When Trump said that they won Pennsylvania, they flagged it. This is misinformation. You are not an official source. So... <laughs> and as they should. As they... I mean, again, you can't just, you know, uh, assertions without evidence can be dismissed without cause or without evidence. I, if you say something and not give evidence to support your your proposition you know any rational human being can dismiss that claim without reason without you know supporting evidence if you say there's a widespread voter fraud and you do not give evidence that there is widespread voter fraud i'm sorry buddy but you know that that that's not not that's not only like you know grounds for dismissal of that claim but um you know I mean, take a take a look at the, um, I mean, like the the lawsuits that are being raised in Georgia, Pennsylvania, um, Nevada, Arizona, etc. They're talking about like handfuls of votes that potentially were were tampered with, potentially were fraudulent. I think Georgia was like like fifty, Nevada was uh, around fifty or e- even less. Each one of these lawsuits is is the desperate attempts of you know a quasi third world totalitarian to keep reins on uh, on the white house and um it's to the shame of people across this country predominantly in red states um that continue to you know um spread this disinformation continue to support these um, baseless claims and, and by the way this includes you know like the chair chairwoman of the uh Republican Party in Alabama, as w- and the um, the Attorney General Stephen Marshall coming out. I think it was either yesterday or today, saying that you know every legal vote needs to be counted and uh, and and putting a and filing an amicus brief for the the Pennsylvania lawsuit. Um, the only one out of all of them that that might you know gain traction with the Republicans only because you know um, if it eventually gets appealed up to the, the Supreme Court, they could rule that the uh, the ballots that were uh, that um, that came in after Election Day, um, the absentee ballots, the ones that were sent in by mail, um, uh, were were it cannot be counted. Again, it's not like it's going to win them the election if, if right. the Supreme Court rules on that, because those ballots were not counted um, when when Biden pulled through in Pennsylvania. They were held out because of the the uh, of, of this lawsuit, or and and also, I mean, if you remember in September when they, um, when um, the Supreme Court tied, and uh, the, when when Kavanaugh put out that absolutely horrible dissent, um, you know, like um, I just I, I it's just flailing, man. It's just like they're trying their absolute hardest to. Uh, to hold on to power and it's really not working in my opinion um i think that they were like really surprised that georgia flipped because georgia is in the south and georgia has not been blue since bill clinton that is the last time georgia was blue mm-hmm. so they're really like trying to rush and get like everything together and it's like everybody on cnn is saying that they have no basis like when georgia uh first went blue they were ahead by three thousand mm-hmm. so when the votes kept getting counted that's when uh, mr trump uh decided to tweet and say that every time a new voting vote comes it's always more votes providing and i'm just like well yeah that's how votes are counted if you're losing you're just losing but <laughs> it's like it's like I don't I don't know if it's just he's being a sore loser. He's never lost before. Or is this just like 
are you trying to tell us something subtly? But I don't really think you are. I just really think it's more more of the latter. But I want to see where this goes. But yeah. it might not go anywhere. <laughs> yeah, I think it's really interesting. Oh, sorry, Diane. Oh, I was going to say that if we just look at Trump's history, like I would definitely definitely can say that he really is being a sore loser and he doesn't want to give the presidency back to the Democrats because he hates, he literally hates the Democrats. And if Trump, like Trump is the same person that I feel like he would say racism doesn't exist. He's like, Obama was president. Racism cannot exist. And he's the same person that is saying there was definitely voter fraud. So... It was funny to me because his his uh his son, uh Eric Trump, he literally put out this post and was like, We need to stop voter suppression, we need to stop voter fraud. And I was like, people have been talking about voter suppression since black people were able to vote when the fifteenth amendment was passed. And now y'all are bringing it up because y'all are losing. I really feel like there's something here that everybody sees but nobody's saying. <laughs> like Yeah, I, and it Yeah. Go ahead, Dylan. I was going to say, like, you know, whatever is within these suits, if they if people have valid, you know, real evidence of these things happening, yeah, it should be heard and seen. But, you know, if they're not if they don't really have value, this is really calling into question the democratic process of, you know, everything that's been going on in this election. And it's important that the American people understand that this is part of everyone's civic duty, you know, and if it's getting, I don't know, stifled, I don't know if that's a great word. If it's getting uh, blocked, then that's a huge issue. And it makes people feel like their voices won't be heard. You know, I have friends who, for some reason, didn't want to vote. You know, I've asked why didn't want to. And um, someone really close to me said, frankly, they just don't think their voice matters, which, you know, I disagree. But Yeah, I definitely disagree on that. There are two counties in Massachusetts that one vote made Biden win. One vote. That just goes to show. Yeah, your vote literally matters. All those numbers, where do you think they came from? They literally can't come from all of our all of our votes. And this is your one chance that you can participate in the government and in what happens. Like, I don't think people understand literally how big this is. This impacts our lives. This impacts five years from now, 10 years from now, literally how the future is going to pan out starts from right here and starts from us voting. I totally agree with you, Diane, on that matter. Um, If your vote didn't matter, then you wouldn't have people trying to stop your vote, to let your voice and let your vote not count. And for me, it's just, I don't want to waste what someone has fought so hard for me to have. That's my piece on that. And people in the electoral college are supposed to vote based on the demographics they see, right? Uh, what was your question about the electoral? It was, um, it was, um, uh, what, can you repeat that one more time? And people in the electoral college take into the account the voting demographics, like how many, the numbers I'm saying, about that. Yeah, well, electors, um, well, firstly, electors are are sent to the Electoral College based on the popular vote in their state. So if mm-hmm. if Alabama overwhelmingly votes for Trump, the electors from our state overwhelmingly vote for Trump. They all vote for Trump in, in, in most cases. And so there's, a, there's such a thing as uh, faithless electors, electors that are sent to the Electoral College. Um, and instead of voting with the people's decision in their state, vote. Um, to the contrary, most states have like a penalty for this. I think some even outlaw it, depending. I can't remember, but, um, you know, we, we obviously this isn't I mean, we're the only country that still imply that still um, employs an electoral college of this matter. Um, you know, at this point, I mean, 
I don't even think faithless electors could save um, the election for Trump at this point, you know, and that would be a, it would absolutely it would be a firestorm if uh, if that did happen. Um, but yeah, yeah, if that was what you're asking, I just want. Yeah, no, thanks for your comments. I just think that if we have like if you have if you have the like the right to vote, like if you if you can vote, like you're a felon or your voting rights have been taken away, you should vote. And I say that for a lot. And I kind of understand why some people don't vote because you feel like you don't have like a say, a real say. But we saw what happened in Georgia, like because people voted so heavy, heavily for Biden in Atlanta, the state flipped. Mm-hmm. So I feel like, yeah. like I can see both sides, but I also like just please try to vote if you can, because mm-hmm. people have fought hard for you to vote. If, if I'm remembering right, some of the rural counties down there in, in South Central and, and Southwest Georgia, one of which was was John Lewis's county. It's the ones that flipped blue. Um, that combined with the Atlanta metropolitan area, which co- encompasses several counties, if I'm if I'm like suburbs and campus uh, encompass a, a fair amount of counties in Georgia. That that's what eventually secured uh, Georgia for Biden. Um, but they're, they're going to recount it anywho. Um, yeah, because yeah. of the lawsuits. Yeah, I, I mean. We're we're journalist students. We're you know, we're media students, communication students. You'll notice um, a fair amount of journalists don't vote because they they see it as a um, something that um, impedes in their way of being unbiased. Um, they think that if they're going to vote for one candidate during an election, that um, it's going to impede their ability to cover. Um, the other, the opposition candidate. Um, I mean, in my opinion, I, I vote because I'm an American because I live in this country. I, I want to say in the in the um, the runnings of this country, to not vote um, just seems like a um, a um, sort of it's almost like a bourgeois thing. Like I'm too I'm above voting. Uh, I'm I'm in a place in my my, my position in society is thus that voting isn't necessary for me. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. Yeah. I when I hear, when I hear like what, what you just said, like, I think that is a perfect example of how I view when people say that they don't like need to vote. I feel like if you think that you're probably also like not heavily affected by some of the oppressions that are in the system and that are in the government. And so you really maybe just like don't care or you don't see how like you voting could even matter. So. Absolutely. No, I, I agree completely. So guys, I think that pretty much wraps up the presidential election. Um, we can go on to the city race actually, because that's a, it was very surreal for me to see that Doug Jones didn't win. But then again, I'm not really surprised. I'm just disappointed that he didn't win. Um, Doug Jones was up against Tommy Tupperville, the former coach for Ole Miss, I think. Uh, Auburn. And also in Auburn. Yeah. And like to see their commercials um, on TV was like very funny to me. Uh, well, not for Doug Jones, but for uh, Tommy Tupperville. And he was like saying like he supported late term uh, abortion, and like he's other stuff. I can't really remember what the actual context of the the commercial was, but Doug Jones came back and hit him hard and was like, he told Old Miss that <laughs> that he was coming back the next season, and then not even like twenty minutes later, he uh, dropped out of the coaching job, and he was like, if you cannot. If they can't trust him and Alabama loves football, what makes you what makes you think he will uh, be trustworthy for the Alabama uh, Senate? And I just thought that was hilarious. <laughs> it's like he came back. It's, yeah, it's it's worth noting the reason that you can't remember anything from from Tuberville's ads. If I'm if I'm get if I if that's what I heard right. 
It's because he didn't really have any positions outside of supporting President Trump in the Senate. I mean, that's one of the that's one of the most like I don't even know what to say. I'm, I don't even know if he has any clue what a senator actually does. So um, I'm going to read some things about Doug Jones and Tommy Tupperville. Uh, I'm going to do healthcare. I'm going to do coronavirus, and then we're going to do the topic of abortion because that was a big topic going into the Supreme Court thing. So for healthcare, he supports the Affordable Care Act. He supports Medicaid expansion, opposes a single payer healthcare system, Medicare for all, basically. Supports practicing pre-existing conditions, protecting pre-existing conditions, and some support for public option. That was Doug Jones. For Tommy Tupperville, he opposes the, okay, he just opposes everything that he, basically, that's what that is. <laughs> basically. Uh, for uh, coronavirus, he opposes, Doug Jones opposes Trump's handling of COVID-19, supports a second aid package, believes the pandemic has highlighted health disparities and calls for increased access to care. So Tommy Tupperville, again, opposes everything that was said. <laughs> and for the topic of abortion, uh, Doug Jones is pro-choice except for late-term abortions. And Tommy Tupperville, anti-choice is almost all non-medical circumstances, including in cases of sexual assault. So, um, I was very disappointed when Doug Jones did not win, especially with like his face off with Roy Moore, like two years ago, like that was such like a, a huge thing. And he, you know, he defeated him. And then to see like, he barely got like 30%. It was just very, very disappointing. Well, like we, I didn't expect it. it, it but, really, I elected. Like I really thought he was. I love Doug Jones. Yeah. I mean, it reaffirms the fact that his election in 2017 was a somewhat of a of an enigma, right? If it hadn't been for um, Roy Moore being the candidate in 2016 for the Republican ticket, uh, an affirmed pedophile, probably one of the worst candidates. This, uh, this, uh, this state has ever run for Senate, Doug Jones would not have, have won. I remember, uh, um, um, it also, it's also worth noting that the, the Washington post article about Roy Moore's, um, uh, how would you say his, uh, uh, sexual harassment allegations, his, um, uh, sexual Congress with minors allegations and so forth, ones that are essentially proved in the article that actually, that actually helped Roy Moore's campaign in this state and um, um, was a, was a um, how would you say, like the Doug Jones campaign really was hurt by these articles because the vast majority of Republican voters in the state saw it as a, a, a Yankee paper coming down and saying, you know, that uh, the Republican ticket is a pedophile. And they didn't care the fact that he was actually a pedophile um, but more that, you know, the Washington Post would come down and prove that, you know, it actually hurt Doug Jones's campaign. So, I mean, you know, he won somewhat of a fluke election in a lot of ways. And, um, you know, about about a couple of weeks out from the election, I was I was pretty set that he was probably going to lose just because, you know, straight ballot voters in this state will elect a freaking fence post above a Dem Democrat. Um, and um, however stupid, however imbecilic, however incompetent, throw as many adjectives in there as you want uh, that, that, that Tubbs is, um, he is a Republican. And for some, for some reason, um, you know, people in this state care only about Republicans um, getting, getting Senate picks. That's all they care about. They, they don't care if the person is a decent person. They don't care if, you know, um, they have a good track record, if they're a public servant. They don't care about that. They only care if he has party affiliation, if he is the uh, the party nominee. That's it. And it's, it's I'm, I'm frankly embarrassed. I'm, I'm, I'm embarrassed and, and completely disgusted with other Alabamians 
who uh, who turned down a um, a moderate Democrat, someone who has has um, you know sponsored more bipartisan bills in the Senate than any other Democrat uh, in this last session. Since he's been on the Hill, he has been um, uh, the voice of of reasonable Alabama. Um, I mean, he's fought for our state, uh, whether it be agricultural bills that, uh, that help, uh, uh, you know, small farmers in the black belt. Um, you know, he's co-sponsored bills with, with Republicans, um, which would, um, would help us, uh, with Medicaid in this state. He has honestly been a wonderful Senator from Alabama, but people don't care about that. They seriously do not care about that. They only see him as a Democrat. They see him as someone who isn't a hardliner on abortion. Um, and and frankly, they just they, they voted their party affiliation. They didn't vote. The, they didn't vote for the best pick. Um, I don't know. I don't know. It was just very disappointing. Um <laughs> With the with the uh, the way it turned out, I I kind of get it, but it's still disappointed. Not surprised, but just disappointed. <laughs> okay, so we'll move on to the last topic, which is the confirmation of our Supreme Court justice. Um, I'm forgetting her name. I know her first name is Amy. Amy Cohen Barrett. Cohen Barrett. Yes. Okay. So, like I've done with all the other topics, I will read off. Uh, her qualifications for the Supreme Court. So her experience is two years in private practice. She has never tried a case. She has never argued an appeal, never argued before the Supreme Court. Most private work involves civil cases, not criminal cases, and 15 years teaching experience, never served as a judge until 2017. So, as we know, she replaced RBG, who has who did pass. Uh, rest in peace to her. Um, when they did her hearing, I, I I came in on the last end of her hearing. Um, they asked her about the abortion law because that's very. It's been a very big topic for years now. Uh, the Roe versus Wade case, and it, will it get appealed or will it stay? And they asked her about it. And she was like, I don't want to give my opinion about it because that means you guys are asking more questions. That's in layman's terms. She didn't actually say that, but that's in layman's terms. Mm-hmm. That's what she said. And she also said that for a lot of other questions. So I'm trying to see, I don't want to be like this person that says I'm trying to see how she was the best pick, but I am also saying this, but- You're I just questioning, you're just questioning all of her qualifications. So yeah, the, the validity of, of the choice, the validity of the confirmation. Right. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I don't want to say, oh my gosh, you know, this woman is going to be an awful court justice. That's not what I'm saying at all. You know, I'm hoping she will be as unbiased as she possibly can in every decision she makes while serving on this court. Um, Y'all, I just hope that whatever comes to pass, that everyone on the court tries to be as unbiased as they can, because that's their responsibility. Yes, and it is a lifelong commitment. Right. And I think it's important though. Yeah, I'm sorry, Diane. No, you can continue, Dylan. Yeah, yeah. I was just saying, I just really do think it's important um, when you look at someone's qualifications, especially what they've stood up for in the past, it does speak volumes about potential uh, rulings that they might find. So what are you saying, Diane? Um, I, w- I was going to say, like, how I mean, how you said yes, we want the best. Like we hope that the justices and the Supreme Court are able to make the best decisions that they can and be as unbiased as possible. And sometimes I think that 
some people have this picture of liberals or leftists or Democrats in general that they hate America. And that's right. not the case. We want we want America to be the best. Just like yeah. if Trump would have been president again, okay, I might not personally like him that much, but I truly hope that he would have been a good president. But he was not. Like, we just want the best for America because this is all of our futures. So. That is so true, Diane. And right, I agree. Like, one thing I want to point out is that I think with this presidency, we have a place where we have someone who's empathetic. And that is not something that we have had with the presidency that we have now, but with the upcoming presidency, that's something we will have. Um, and that's what you need. You need someone who can look at other people's situation and say, even though I'm not in the situation that you're in, I'm going to care. Um, so I think that's a start. That's a heck of a start. And I think we can go somewhere with that and not have to worry about the basic principle of do you even care for someone other than yourself? So. I have a question to y'all. Um, as to her, um, I guess, past evasiveness when being questioned, if you were in her shoes, would you have given an answer? Rather than just say, I, you know, I essentially don't want to comment on this because it might affect da 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 da. Like what, what, what would you do if you were in her shoes? I would a hundred percent have given an answer because people, the American people are looking to you literally for the answers. Mm -hmm. They want to know, they want to know how she will be in the, as a Supreme Court justice. That's they want the reassurance. Exactly, that's the whole point of us nominating her and confirming her. Like we want to know. So if she doesn't say her stance on these and answer those questions, it just has all of us sitting there wondering like, okay, so why did we pick you? Mm -hmm. Like you're not giving us anything. It's, it's like, are you just expecting us to like, like I feel like it's like, oh, we're just rolling a dice once she gets there because she's not really answering these questions and she's being so vague. It's it's worth pointing out that we ourselves did not choose Amy Coney Barrett. Um, our elected representatives and the president chose Amy Coney Barrett. We are not confirming Amy Coney Barrett, but the people that we have elected um, are choosing to allow her uh like she is now to be the, to be a, a supreme court justice um i mean but isn't that us because that is what a democracy is supposed to be it's supposed it's it is us who, at some point so you're saying we we're indirectly voting for her is what you're saying yeah yeah but i mean i know that the president is the one that did that but mm -hmm. I mean, people are still good. She's the, she's a Supreme Court justice now for the rest of her life. So even if we don't like it, that's the fact of the matter. So yeah. I don't I don't know, Dylan. Her not answering the question just seems kind of sketchy to me. I really don't. I don't trust anybody that just doesn't give like a straightforward answer. If mm -hmm. me, if I was in that position, I would have answered. It's a very big topic, and it has been for a lot of years in the United States. So I feel like for a justice to just not answer the question and just be like, oh, I'm not going to answer this question because then you're going to ask me more questions about it. It just seems mm -hmm. kind of sketchy to me. Like I don't really, I don't really like that personally. It's just if just be upfront about stuff so we actually know what what it is that you're trying to do when you're on the court. Because then it just seems like, oh, you'll be like a wild card. Like, and not yeah. to say being a wild card is a bad thing, but sometimes it can be. Like, So would you say for any, for any elected official or appointed official, wouldn't you think it would be to both the public's benefit and their own personal benefit in some ways to just be upfront with people? Yes. Very much so. Be upfront, please. Like, yeah, because they could gain allies. Yes, whether it be within the system or to the public. That's what I liked about Joe Biden's uh, stance on coronavirus. Now, 
and even back then when he was running because he was very much so upfront about it. He was just like, hey, it's real. We're going to trust science. Know that I trust science. I will listen to you guys about it. And that's why I like with politicians, they're like very upfront. They answer the questions. They don't shy away from stuff. Um, I won't say, because some questions you just really can't answer. If you don't have the knowledge about the question, you should, right. you should not answer the question if you don't have knowledge about it. But for her to be in a Supreme Court confirmation hearing, you know this landmark case. You know that everybody knows this case. And for you to be like, oh, I just don't want to answer the question and you're just going to be scared about it. I don't like that. <laughs> it, it's worth pointing out again. Um, I mean, if you remember in her confirmation hearing, she famously held up the the blank pad her little notepad of notes and stuff um and that wasn't um in my opinion that wasn't uh um her showing that she didn't need notes to answer the questions that uh um that congress would ask her in that particular hearing but that was to to remind her not to say anything not to say anything because you know again it's it's i mean anything that she would have to said Anything that she would have had, uh, anything she um, she would have said in, in front of the um, the House Judiciary, uh, the uh, the Senate Judiciary Committee, excuse me, um, would have been um, would have been detrimental. I mean, she's an originalist. She's a prodigy of, of Scalia. I mean, this isn't someone that you know the, the majority of Americans would enjoy being on the Supreme Court. This is Mitch McConnell's pick. This is the, the Trump White House's pick. If she had said any um, anything on, on those questions outside of just the, the basic deflectory answers, um, she would have gained more detractors than supporters. And it was an incredibly smart move from her to just, you know, not say pretty much anything and, and say, no, I'll be impartial and I shall follow, you know, the letter of the law. That's my job or whatever. But, I mean, this is, again, this is a person who's incredibly, incredibly opinionated. She's an originalist. To be an originalist, you have to be incredibly opinionated. Um, I don't know, man. I just, you know, frankly, to to um, to replace Ginsburg with with someone like that, a Scalia prodigy, someone you know, who who thinks Roe v. Wade isn't a super precedent. Um, it's, it's just frankly insulting. It's and and it's also and it's also something that. And, and um, the next coming weeks is going to be incredibly important because of that lawsuit in Pennsylvania, the one that, you know, will go up to uh, will probably go up to the Supreme Court. Um, the whole reason that uh, Pennsylvania was allowed to uh, get and count ballots after uh, that were postmarked um, before the election date, before November 3rd, um, the whole reason was because this, the Supreme Court came to a tie. Um, and now if, if this lawsuit gets all the way up to the Supreme Court, uh, it's appealed all the way up to the Supreme Court. So it's likely that she'll vote um, with the, the rest of the conservative bloc and, um, and allow Pennsylvania to not only throw out those laws, but it will, it will create a precedent for the rest of um, the state legislators to be able to write election laws um, uh, based on their state, which is, you know, that opens the door on, on a myriad of, of different um, voting rights questions. You know, are they going to start um, mandating stricter ID laws for voter ID laws, meaning, um, you know, anything, anything that comes out of that case, that hypothetical case, um, will probably favor Republicans. And it's all because of Amy Coney Barrett. And it's all because, you know, this ridiculous notion that, um, um, you know, she's anything but a political plug. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Does anybody else have any questions about? about? Well, I just had like a comment that I wanted to make on going back about like just voting and representation and just our democracy as a whole is that even though um, it seems like America voted and chose Biden, we have we cannot forget that this is the same America that four years ago elected Trump. Yes. We cannot forget that. 
we cannot forget that there were Americans and there still are Americans that voted for him. There still are Americans that have some uh, backwards thinking and ideology. There are. And so just because Biden did win, we can't forget everything that, that that has happened. Like we still have so far to go in in terms of just our government, climate change, how we address racism, policing, all those kinds of stuff. We still have so far to go. And Biden being elected was is just one step because every because just like I said, we all, even though maybe we personally didn't vote for Trump, a lot of people did. And those people are still in the United States. So we just have, I mean, we just have to like work together to if we want as a country to move forward, because who knows, maybe this whole Biden thing just won't work out and we'll go back and we'll go backwards. I hope that's not the case. But we all as Americans have to decide what we want, if we want to progress or if we want to dial back. And in my, I hope that we do progress because I think that that would be the best for the future and the best for us, the best for our kids. So that was just my last comment. I think that Gen Z, like our generation, we have the most potential to change a lot of stuff that has been happening to see our generation in the streets celebrating this election like we did it was like a breath of fresh air to see like we don't have to worry about a lot of stuff until next year we have our president that we chosen I just think that we have a lot to work on but our generation and a generation before us now understands we're old enough to have a political voice we're old enough to actually speak out. I know me included, it was my very first time voting ever. So it just felt good to like see everybody just just celebrate this thing. So I'm glad that it's over because that was really, really nerve wracking seeing all of this, but I'm very glad how it turned out. And one thing I want to add is, and I guess it's just to reiterate, I loved how we showed up um, in terms of voting. It seemed like there was such an importance on voting in this election because it was high stakes. Mm -hmm. But going forward in the next election, I hope that we do that as well. Like we need to do that for every election. So it doesn't come down to if we don't vote here, then, you know, everybody's going to lose everything or whatever, however you want to phrase it. And this is not just to, we do have to work together. Like it's, it's not all of this divisiveness and like going back and forth and, and being spiteful towards each other. That's not going to get us anywhere. We have real issues to face. That's how I feel about the whole thing. Show up during every election because every election is important. And I think speaking up, you know, about people, exercising their rights is important because if people don't see, you know, people in their similar age groups or their friends or people in their friend groups, if they don't see other people stepping up to vote, they're going to feel like they don't have to. They're just going to think, oh, well, so-and-so is doing it. So why should I, you know? So I'm just glad that in an election as important as this one, that so many of us have stepped up. But what I will comment on is I did do a story recently, you know, man on the street, uh, seeing um, just what people thought during, just in their experience at the polls. I will say, I did see quite a few young people voting, but I, I still really did not see that many people, I would say college age, I'll say. But that's not to say that they didn't do mail-in ballot or um, absentee. But again, yeah, yeah, I was doing a, a story for Alabama Political Reporter about uh, first-time voters. Um, ended up getting scrapped, unfortunately, because I just didn't have the interviews and I didn't have the time. Um, I mean, talking to a lot of these people, most of them are just out of high school, just turned mm-hmm. eighteen, voting for the first time. You know, it, it made me quite happy, at least that. 
this um, this new um, batch of voters is so politically engaged and um, understands the importance of of civic duty in that in that um, in that avenue. I remember in 2017 when I voted for the first time, um, living in um, living in um, this place that I'm living at right now with with some. Um, there were some other roommates at the time and none of them voted. I was the only one in the house that voted. And I asked them like, why, why would you not vote? And they're just like, Oh, well, you know, I just don't want to go through the trouble of applying and then eventually going down there and casting your vote. And I'm just like, why, why would you do that? It's the um, most, most powerful uh, nonviolent means of, uh, of expressing yourself is voting. Um, I mean, talking to those people for that story again, it was, um, it was remarkable to hear. Um, I'm, I'm a very cynical person, unfortunately, and, and they certainly changed my mind on a lot of things. Um, but I mean, you'll see in the coming days, there'll be, I'm, I'm guarantee you there'll be articles published about how the young vote won the election for Biden. How uh, the young vote was the thing that, that, um, that really impacted the swing States, et cetera, et cetera. You know? Um, yeah. It's, 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 you know, this, this, this era, this period, you know, if you want to call it the Trump period or the Trump era, whatever you want to call it, has, has done one thing and that's bred the most, probably the most political generation uh, since, uh, since 68, since, um, since, yeah, that era. Okay. Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. So, Exercise your rights and encourage others to do so in the future. Yes, stay educated. Please stay and aware. We are the change. Don't forget that. So, guys, I think that about wraps everything up. Thank you guys for coming out and uh, giving input into the podcast. I appreciate you guys really, really. Like, I really do. But, uh, good night or good morning to everybody listening to this podcast. And we're out.